Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, Go in Peace. Ite Misa Est. The priest reverenced the altar and processed back to the sacristy. As he entered the sacristy, he was startled to see a servant from the prince. The servant had a look of anguish on his face. The priest knew it was serious, and he knew it concerned Paul the prince's 14-year-old son. The priest was Paul's confessor. Paul had contracted a serious illness two months ago. His fever was uncontrollable despite the efforts of the best doctors. Father, the servant said, approaching the priest as he quickly began to remove his vestments. I have been waiting to give you this message. The prince asks that you come immediately, for his son's death is imminent. The priest put his hand on the servant's shoulder and simply said, Take me to him. As they wound through the busy city streets, the priest thought of the many hours he spent at the bedside of his spiritual son. Paul was a remarkable soul. Once the priest had asked, Tell me very sincerely, would you like to have my health? The boy's eyes met that of the priest, and in a weak voice he replied, I only want to do God's will. If he so wills it, I am content with my condition. The priest's mind returned to the present as he entered the palace, rushing up the stairs with the servant. The prince met the priest at the top of the stairs and embraced him. Father, thank you so much for coming. But it's over. Paul died about 30 minutes ago. Can I see him? the priest asked. Of course, Father, come with me. The prince led the priest to a bedroom where the distraught members of the family were around Paul's bed. The priest looked at the lifeless body of Paul while hearing the sobs of his loved ones. The priest was saddened that he could not fulfill his spiritual son's wish to see him one final time. He knelt down by the bed and prayed from the depths of his being for several minutes. He knew that this could not be the final chapter. He rose, sprinkled the corpse with holy water, placed some drops into the boy's mouth, breathed on him, laid his hand on his forehead, and cried out in a loud voice, Paul! Paul! The family, confused and dazed, looked at the priest and gazed at the dead body. 
the dead boy opened his eyes. He recognized the priest, smiled, and with joy said, Father, my dear father, how I have longed for you. I forgot a sin I had committed, and I still wanted to confess it. The priest smiled, and turning to the shocked family members, asked, Can you give us a few minutes? The family nodded silently, and still stunned, exited the room. The priest heard the boy's confession, and then invited the family back in. For the next half hour, they joyfully conversed, happy to see the boy alive once again. However, the priest knew that it was time for Paul to be on his way. Very gently, the priest took Paul's hand and asked him, Is everything all right now? Are you satisfied and ready to die? Paul was completely relaxed and peaceful. He looked lovingly into the eyes of his family members surrounding him, then looked at the priest and said, Yes, Father, I am happy, because in heaven I will see my mom and sister again. Then the priest responded, with tears welling up in his eye. Go in peace, my child. I bless you. Pray for me and your family. Paul's bright, vibrant eyes looked at the priest as he laid down in his arms and fell asleep forever. The priest lowered the boy's head to the pillow and rose from the bed. The family continued to look at the body, and the priest knew there was nothing more that he could do. He walked over to the prince to extend his condolences. Thank you, father, the prince said. I appreciate all that you do for us. How providential that you who predicted Paul's birth would be here at his last moments on earth. Twelve years later, it was this prince, Fabrizio Massimo, who testified under oath about this miracle for the cause of this priest's canonization. This priest would be canonized in 1622 in the company of the great saints Ignatius of Loyola, Francis de Sales, and Teresa of Avila, a priest given the esteemed title of Apostle of Rome and best known for his cheerfulness and joy. Saint Philip Neri.
And for this week, that's the word. John Peter, as I think about this story of St. Philip Neri, I'm reminded of the words of St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. And it's worth considering the reality that Christianity is about sharing in the life of God. And while we participate in that life here on earth, the fullness of that, the glory of that only happens in eternity. We are heaven bound. We are not meant for this world. And this is a hard story for those who are not Catholic. The point for the world would be, well, he's risen from the dead. He's back and he can live his life now. He's got a full life ahead of him as a 12-year-old boy. But the Catholic perspective on this one and what St. Philip Neri knew is that God was calling him to himself. He was brought back and he had the chance to confess at final sin before he went into his eternal reward. And if you caught the illusion there, one of the things to keep in mind is that Paul, or actually in Italian would have been Paolo, his mother and sister were already deceased. And so actually what the conversation was about after St. Philip Neri heard the boy's confession, the family came back and they were just talking about the memory of Paolo's mother and sister, which gives a little context for when St. Philip Neri asked him if he's ready to die. He says, yes, I'm ready to go see my mother and my sister. And again, we live in the world, especially our modern world, where we can be so focused on the now, we can never lose sight of eternity. We can never lose sight of eternity. And think about the sacrament of baptism. Just recently, at the close of the Christmas season, we celebrated the feast of the baptism of the Lord. And our baptisms have eternal consequences because 500 million years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is are we in intentional and intimate relationship with God in heaven or not? And so having that reality set before us can help us navigate the blessings and trials of this life so that we hope in a state of grace as was the case with Paulo, we may enter into the heavenly kingdom of God. Whoa! John Peter doesn't know where his script went. Eh. What did I do? If you enjoyed That's the Word, please share the word. You can find the story extras for this story, Go in Peace, on thunderrock.org, where you can also find a picture of a capuchin monk. And a capuchin monkey. <laughs> Thunder- <laughs> Thunderrock.org is also a place where you can join our mailing list and give us any feedback. But you can also find us on all kind of other social links. And please share any story ideas, especially about anything that has to do with capuchins and capuchin monkeys. I'll take it up from here. That's, so <laughs> it's, oh, it's pretty good. But yes, visit thunderrock.org for our story extras for this story. Go in peace. We will have a picture of St. Philip Neri and some other resources there. 
And if you have no idea why Father James is talking about monkeys, then listen to our last story, An Impediment to Advancement. And what, what am I going to take your line now? Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.